Can we do this before we get started? I, I love your pastor. I believe in honor. Can we just stand and give him a hand and his wife a hand clap of praise? All right. I'm so honored to be with you all and honored that my wife has joined me to make sure I don't mess up <laughs> here. If husbands can understand that, it's good to have a wife to make sure to keep you, keep you right keep you in check, but I'm excited to just share a few minutes uh, with you and to jump in on this Healthy Habits uh, series. Um, And and I try um, not to preach or teach anything that I don't feel like I personally had to walk through myself because then it's just like speculation. I just get up and tell you what to do with no experience, with no brokenness, as your pastor said, with no failure, with no mistakes, but I stand before you um, a very imperfect person. Um, but grateful for the mercy and the grace of God and the blood of Jesus because without that, all of us are just lost. But thank God for the blood. Thank God for Jesus because with it, we can do all things through Christ, uh, which strengthens us. But I wanted to share this just brief thought with you about the power of humility and where this this comes from is I used to also be an assistant principal. Um, Before I did that, um, I was a teacher um, and Sometimes I would need to get into other areas in the building. Um, and so every time I needed to get into an area in the building, I had to go to the building manager and ask for a key. So by the time I got through, I had a key, a key ring, which I still have now. Don't tell anybody, but I still have a key ring now with 75 or 80 different <laughs> keys on it to get into different places that I needed to get. But when I became an assistant principal, they said, you know what? This place that you're at now, the position that you have here, we're going to give you one key, and that key opens every door. Um, It's called a master key. And so what I thought about is there are times where God will give us uh, master keys that open up every door that we need to go through. One of them is faith, which we're not going to talk about today, but one that I think is really important is this this idea of humility. And, And really it comes from Many of you, if you've had to walk through this, it comes through a place of not knowing what to do, not knowing how to do it. I don't know if you've ever been there where you felt the pressure in your life or you felt the attacks of the enemy in your life, and you're like, God, what do I do? Um, I don't know what to do. And you literally had to just get down on your knees, throw your hands up, and say, Lord, show me, talk to me, tell me what to do. I don't even believe that we come into our churches on Sunday to hear a word from man, but we come to hear a word from God. We come to have a directional word from God to show us which way to go, to show us how to navigate um, the issues that we're having in our life. But the first thing that we have to do is give up saying, I'm going to do it my way. And that's the challenge is that if you read from Genesis to Revelation, it's filled with people who said, I'll do it my way. God gave Adam and Eve direction. And you know what? Even Adam said, we'll do it my way. And we go throughout history finding that even though people had direction from God, pride, say pride, pride pride allows us to say, no, I'm going to do it my way, even though there might be a better way. I feel one of the biggest cures for pride is getting married. (laughs) Because then you realize that even though you think your way is right, even though that, then you might have a wife that is so eager to tell you. Your way may not be the best way. I'm not talking about myself. I'm just talking about what I'm talking, (laughs) what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about everybody else, not me. (laughs) But after um, those situations are over, you look back and you ask, thank God for putting someone in my life who can see something I don't see. Um, It's important. I believe that God has to give us people, and I'm going to get into the scripture, but he has to give us people, one, 
who can see what we can see. Your pastor um, needs people working with him and, and backing him up who can see what he can see. You need people to see the same vision, but you also need people um, all around you in your life. And this is what humility tells you, is I need people who can see what I can't see because I have blind spots, so I can't see everything. I'm, I, I'm, I'm charged with having vision for my life, vision for my ministry, vision for the gifts that God has placed in my life. But I also have to have those faithful friends those brothers and those sisters who can see my blind spots and, quite frankly, are not afraid to get into my business. That's why I don't call your pastor just my friend. I call him my brother because he's, he, he'll call me and our conversations are not superficial. He's not afraid to get in my business and ask questions that if there was not a relationship, it will be uncomfortable. How many of you had that friend, that friend that will call you and ask you those questions that might make you cringe sometimes, but them asking you and loving you and caring enough about you um, to ask those questions will help you get to the next level that God has in your life. And it teaches you that you can't walk in pride. I've got to be able to open myself up to somebody and say, you know what, this is just, this just is what it is. I'm not going to walk in pride. I'm not going to try to hide what I'm feeling. I'm not going to try and hide my disappointments, uh, my failures. This is who I am. This is what I did. And when we do that, we grow so much stronger uh, together. Humility really begins, you ever, you ever get mad when people say to you, God is in control? You know, you go to them with something you're going through, well, God is in charge. He's in control. Don't worry about it. God, there's, God will make a way. And, and all this stuff, these, these Christian things that we know to say, but we really don't have substance for why we say them. And so when we have substance for it, it, it teaches us humility. Psalm 75, verses 6 and seven, one of my favorite passages that I'm I, reminding myself of on a regular basis is it says, no one from the east or the west or from the north or from the desert can exalt themselves. It is God who judges. He brings one down and he exalts another. Foundation for the fact that God truly is in control. And that should allow us to walk by faith, knowing that he actually, it's not just a cliche, it's not something that we just say to make people feel comfortable, but we can be humble knowing that, no, God really is in control. Whether my body is breaking down and I'm sick, whether I'm facing financial struggles, whether I'm dealing with challenges in my mind, say this with me, say, God is in control. So what I say and these things that I say that are in the Bible, I actually want to have real substance for them so that when I'm alone and when you're not around and it's just me in the dark hours of the night seeking the face of God, I can say the God that I'm praying to, I know that he is in charge even though what I'm going through might be uncomfortable right now. Wouldn't this life be great and everything just went the way we wanted to all the time? Wouldn't it be great if every time that I felt the pinch of a need or I felt the struggle of a decision, God just showed up immediately and said, here you go. But what I realize and what humility teaches us is that God's delays in answers and, and doing certain things, they're never delays of inactivity. So if God is not working on the outside, he's working on the inside. And so I can't get defeated and discouraged and depressed with the fact that I don't see an outward uh, manifestation of the things that I'm praying about, because if, if I don't see that, that means that there's something that God is doing inside of me to prepare me for my answer. But it requires me to give up pride, give up the fact that my way is always best. And I think that if you're like me, and I just talk about myself because people get mad if you talk about them. <laughs> so if you're like me, when you pray, sometimes there's a tendency 
to say, God, I would love for you to work this out, to answer my prayer, to meet my need. And if you could show up by Tuesday at 11 o'clock, that would be great. And God says, you know what? I love you so much that I'm, I'm going to take my time because I want to build you so that you can carry the answer to your own prayer. Sometimes we're praying for things, and this is humility. We're praying for things. We're trusting God for things. We're believing for things that we have not built the capacity or the strength to carry yet. And so our pride will say, no, give it to me right now, even if it breaks us two weeks later. But humility says, you know what, God, I know you'll bring what you have for me and that you have the best um, in store for me, but you're building me so that I have the strength, the character, the integrity. Say integrity. I love participation, to carry what I want you to do in my life. So humility begins with realizing that God is always in control. Well, what's humility? Humility, it, it, it could be considered taking the low road or thinking um, soberly or thinking less of yourself. And I have to be careful when I say that because people think that having pity parties and beating yourself up and saying terrible things about yourself is humility. That's just as pride. Um, as walking around arrogant with your chest puffed up. Humility simply realizes that I'm thinking of others and I'm thinking of God's interests and I'm thinking of the greater good more than I'm thinking about myself. Can we say amen? And this is important because when we begin to, to have this outward focus of thinking about the greater good and thinking about others and thinking about um, uh, other things uh, more than ourselves, then God somehow he just shows up and he takes care of us. I don't know if you've walked through that where you, you were trying to, to do something on your own and finally when you just got an outward focus and said, you know what, I'm going to bless somebody else. I'm going to somebody else. I'm going to lift somebody else up. God just kind of shows up by surprise sometimes and he answers your prayer and he meets your need and he uh, touches you at the deepest recesses of your heart. You ever, am I the only one that's ever experienced um, that where, you know, you were pressed, you were struggling, you were distressed in your mind, but you got your focus off of you? And say, you know, I'm going to call somebody else and see how they're doing. I'm going, to, I'm going to take somebody else out to lunch. I'm going to try and bless somebody else. And then God just shows up. He says, you know what? Now that you got your eyes off of you, I'm going to step in and do what you need me to do. Uh, Proverbs 16, 18 says this. It says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. And so here's the principle. Unhealthy pride never leads us to a place of progress and prospering. It, it never leads us to a good place. I like to say this. Sometimes if you look at every aspect of our life, relationally, marriage, job, pride never leads us to a good place. Pride says I would rather be right than reconciled. Pride says I'd rather be correct than cooperate. It says I'd rather be correct than collaborate. It says I'd rather can compare and compete than cooperate. But when we give up pride, it says, you know what, even though I believe I'm right, we can still work together. You ever have those discussions with people that you have to have the last word? Nobody in here, maybe other churches. I, call them, I won't call them arguments. I call them discussions. And, you know, you're talking and you're sharing different points of view and you're like, you know what? We're just going to agree to disagree, and then both of you are quiet. Somebody has to sneak in and say, but I'm right. <laughs> and then you sneak into marriages, and it's the same thing, because you know both of y'all are right all the time. 
And so you have usually one who always has to just get in that last thing. I'm sorry, but. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just move on. But. Husbands, if we're smart, we've learned the art of two very, very important words. Humility teaches them, I'm sorry. Or, yes, dear. (laughs) And what it is, is it's like, we're, we're, we're a team, whether it be a church, a family, a relationship, a brother and sister, a husband and wife. We got to realize that sometimes we're fighting each other when we should be fighting the enemy through the blood of Jesus. And so when we get pride out of the way, we realize, no, we're on the same team. So we don't need to assassinate each other through friendly fire. Humility, humility. Proverbs also tells us before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty, but humility goes before honor. Humility goes before honor. So God will bring us to places of honor. I'm not saying recognition, but honor. They're different. But, but it starts with us saying, you know what? I'm going to humble myself. It's not always about me. And though I know that, again, nobody in this wonderful church ever makes anything solely about them. <laughs> but when we realize that every discussion, every Uh, disagreement, every meeting, every this, every that, it's not about me, then we can really go some places. And so I try to say, you know, when people are thinking about what what are my gifts, what are my talents, how does God want to use me, how does he want to use me to bless my church and my family and my children and my job, I got to start with the fact that none of this is about me. God gave me a gift, he gave me a talent, he gave me uh, everything that he's given me to be a blessing to somebody else. And when I realize that, then I can really have um, an impact in this world. But pride says, no, it's about me. If, if no one tells me thank you, I'm not doing it anymore. So that's why humility is such a healthy habit. You, you ever been discouraged when you really, you made a big sacrifice for somebody, you blessed somebody, and then you have bothered to say thank you? It's quiet, man. My, I, my flesh rises up sometimes when that happens. I just be honest with you. I'm like, man, I did all this for you. And you couldn't even say thank you. Or maybe it wasn't that big of a sacrifice. Maybe you held the door for somebody to just walk by and act like you were supposed to do it. And you know, you, you smile, but inside you're like, hey, you ungrateful. <laughs> <laughs> but humility says, you know what? I don't need to do everything for recognition. And what we learn is this, is that um, sometimes being taken for granted is the greatest compliment because it says that people expect you to do what you've always done. It's the thank you that denotes that you appreciate and understand what's been done for you. So, but the humility teaches us that I, even if I don't get applause, even if I don't get recognition, even if they don't call my name from the stage, I'm still going to do it because God has blessed me. Is this helping anybody today? It's all right. Everything starts with the heart. Proverbs tells us to guard us our hearts because from it proceed the issues of life. But everything starts with the heart. Before somebody ever says anything, before they think anything, the root, the seed is in the heart. So how many of you know we have to get our hearts right so everything else can be right? And sometimes we perfected the outside. You know what that sounds like. How are you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. (laughs) God is moving in my life. God is good, but inside... 
Because there's things that we haven't struggled with and we, don't want, we haven't wrestled with and, and overcome yet. We don't people, want people to know that we have issues. We cover it up with pride. But if you're walking on this earth and you're human, you have some issues. You have some struggles. You have some weaknesses. And, and I might not see them. Your pastor might see them. But somebody who knows you knows you have an issue or two. Paul had issues. Wrote over half of the New Testament and he had issues. But isn't it good that God said, my grace is sufficient. It's enough for you. My grace is enough to overcome your issues. If you just humble yourself and realize that you need me. Do you ever wake up and say, God, I just need you. You know, I was listening to your worship team and I'm like, I love worship because when you, when you hear it on Sunday, you realize that people cannot take you a place that they haven't been themselves. And so when your worship team gets up, it's fruit of the humility that has to worship during the week. I love a pastor who worships because you can't only be a warrior, you have to be a worshiper. <laughs> you know, you, you get there, and, and how do you know this? Because you will go through some things in your life. And I can always tell when somebody's been through something by how they worship God. And not... not Judging, but I'm just saying that you can see the brokenness and you can see the humility and you can see the faith um, that people have had to walk through when you watch them worship. And so sometimes we criticize people for the way they praise or the way they worship, but we don't know their story. We don't know what God brought them through that says, you know what, I don't care what you, you think about me lifting my hands, but I know what God has brought me through. I know the struggles that he's brought me through. I know what he's taken me through. So you got to excuse me a minute while I lift my hands and praise God and worship him for all that he's done for me. David knows a little something about that. But the most straightforward path to true and godly honor is practicing humility. It's the straightforward path to honor, to, for God doing what he wants to do in our lives. is for us to say, you know what, this just isn't. Everything just isn't about me. This is how I had to start my year, and this is why I'm sharing this with you, because I'm not sharing this with you because maybe some of you don't need this. But I had to go into my year saying, God, you know what? What is your direction for my life? What is your vision for my family? What do you want to do um, in our lives? Because some of us, we go to God in prayer, and we take him our vision. We don't even realize it's pride, but we've come up with something that we want, that we want to do. We take it to God and say, God, here, put your stamp on this. And God is saying, you know what? I want to bless you beyond measure. I want to bless you beyond your wildest imaginations. I'm the God who wants to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you could ask or think. But what I need you to do is lay your dream down and pick up my vision. And sometimes that means, you, have you ever had to let something go so that God could give you something better? I'd like to say this like this. Some people like to hold hands with their past and their future at the same time, and it keeps them stuck. But pride, uh, pride keeps us holding on to something when God says, if you just let it go, I've got so much more that I want to give you. So I, I did all of that to lay this groundwork, and then we'll be finished shortly. Um, in Second Chronicles chapter 26... We, we, we have a king here who started his life seeking God, started his life um, with humility. It says, and all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, 
and made him king in the place of his father Amaziah. And he built Eloth and restored it to Judah. After the king slept with his fathers, Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king. And he reigned for 52 years. It's a long time. In Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Jekyll of Jerusalem. I want you to pay attention to this. He did right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father Amaziah had done. And then this second part, and he continued, say continue, to seek God. Hmm. And in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding through the visions of God, and as long, if you're making notes, just underline this or highlight this on your device or your Bible, as long as he sought the Lord, God prospered him. Seeking the Lord leads us to a place of success, but continuing to seek God will keep us there. And so this is really the essence of humility. What does humility drive us to do as children of God? It should drive us to seek him. Every day of our lives, God, what do you want to do today? Who do you want to bless today? How do you want to work through me today? And, and, and it's not only that we seek God and he brings us to a place, but we continue so that he can keep us there. Example that I have of this. You ever, um, men or women, you, you, you found somebody, somebody, and you kind of started checking them out a little bit. And it's quiet in here, man. <laughs> no, but it's like no one wants to admit, hey, yeah, that's me. I had, you know, you saw that, you saw that woman walk by, you saw that man walk by, like, man, they're kind of fine, <laughs> kind of cute. And so all of a sudden, when you saw them, you said, wait a minute, I need to get their attention. So you, you, you got the cologne, you got the perfume, you know, made sure your shirt wasn't wrinkled or at least got it dry or ironed like I like to do. <laughs> you know, but so you did everything to make sure you presented your best until you got them or until they got you. The dates were fine. You were calling them, you were texting them. Um, as I said, you know, you'd even have these meaningless conversations. You know, you, they'd call you, be like, hey, what are you doing? Nothing. What are you doing? <laughs> you breathe. <laughs> <sighs> I just love you so much. I just love to hear you breathe. <laughs> and then. And this is, this, is, <laughs> this is why this is funny to me, because after you've been together a while, the stuff that you love <laughs> begin to get on your nerves. <laughs> oh, no, y'all are not there. Well, you, know, you, be, you know, you get married, you've been married for years, in the middle of the night, they start breathing. <laughs> you're like, you're like, you're like is that you? <laughs> and, and you've argued, you disagreed so much that the, the, the breathing that you loved on the phone when you were recording, now you're like, man, would you just stop breathing? <laughs> Some of y'all will catch that later. <laughs> or, you, you know, it, you, know you, you wake up in the morning and he'll roll over. Oh, I just love you. Give me a little kiss. And you're like, man, go brush your teeth first. <laughs> So the thing is, is we, we don't continue what got us to the dance. And so this is what the writer here 
is, is showing us, he's showing us that as long as he continued and sought the Lord, he prospered. Now, prosperity has gotten a, uh, you know, people hear different things when they hear that word. Bottom line, progress. Prosperity means to progress, means to move forward. That's, all, that's what it means. So at whatever direction or whatever pro, uh, speed that God wants to move you forward in your life, that's what that means. As long as you seek him, he'll move you forward, even if it doesn't look like progress. Um, but here's the part that messes us up, just like it messed up this king. Verse 16, but when he became strong, his heart was so proud that he acted corruptly and he was unfaithful to the Lord. For he entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. When God gives us strength, we must refuse to allow the enemy to sell us pride. So God will allow us. He'll build us up. He'll make us strong. He'll, he'll make us successful. We, we're seeking him. But something, if we're not careful, and this is why we have to be intentional. This is why this is a habit. This is why humility is a habit. We have to be intentional about maintaining humility and realizing that the only reason we got anywhere that we are is because of God. If we forget that, as much as we prayed, as much as we fasted, as much as we sought the face of God, when we get to the place that we desired, if we're not careful, we will think, it was us. And as soon as we think that it was us that got us to this place of success, this place of prosperity, this place of freedom, this place where I don't struggle as much as anymore, as, as soon as I think that it's anything good in me that got me there, I've opened a crack of the door to the enemy. And he's waiting to sell you pride. He whispers to you, you know what, man, you, you're so good. You're so wonderful. You're so marvelous. And what happens is, is we start to look down on people who are not where we are yet. And those results are never good. Because when we get to that place, temptation to think that we can do whatever we want without seeking God. And this is why I'm so careful. Because once we get there and we're strong, we think, okay, now I can do it without praying anymore. Now I can do it without being in the word as much as anymore. I, I, I believe that this church is a place that, that values the word of God, that values scripture, that values uh, spending time in devotion and prayer with God. But there are times where if we're not careful, we tempted. No, I, I don't really need to spend any time with God today. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so you can have quality time with God in five minutes. And you can have it in an hour. The point is not how much, as much as what, we do, what we're doing while we're in his presence. But the humility teaches me I need to be in his presence all the time. Because he's, he's showing me what to do. He's protecting me from stuff that I didn't see. How many of you know, when you realize that God, that, that you can thank him for the stuff that he protected you from, that you know about? But you will really get humble when you start seeing this, some of the stuff that he protected you from that you didn't know about. That's, that's the thing that, that opened my eyes. God, thank God you didn't let me do that. God, thank God you didn't let me connect with that. Got any of those testimonies in here? You know, like you, <laughs> you know, when you were in high school, you're like, man, I'll spend the rest of my life with that person. Then you meet them 20 years later, you see them at the mall or something, and you're like, thank God you didn't let me. 
Thank God they didn't say. See, see y'all may not be old enough to remember when we liked somebody in high or in school. We'd be like, "Hey, I like you." Write a little note. I like you. Do you like me? Circle yes, no, or maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Never did understand what that maybe was. But I'm like, you know, you send that note, you're like, man, I hope he or she just circles yes, and we're going to be married, and we're going to spend our life together. And you see him at the mall, man. <laughs> Jesus, thank God. <laughs> it's just, and it isn't so much even an appearance thing. Sometimes it's like, man, I've seen people that if I would have been friends with them, and God would have allowed me to be accepted, in their, their group or their clique at the time, I'd be in jail. You know, so I thank God that he protected me from that. And sometimes we have to go through certain things to learn that humility. Sometimes we do have to go ahead and make our mistakes. We have to do that, fall on our face to realize that when I fall on my face and I turn over, I realize that I didn't have it all right. I look up and realize, God, I need you to start directing and ordering my steps. My grandmother instilled in me uh, from as long as I could remember, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will do what? Direct your path. It's on the inside of my wedding band, because I never want to forget the fact that I must rely on God every day of my life for everything that I need. And for many of you, as you're sitting here listening, everything may not be for you, but, but you may grab a piece of this and realize, hey, you know what? I just need to refocus on my complete and total dependence on God to do all that he wants to do in my life. Sometimes everything that we get from God is not deep. It's simple. No, I just need to surrender. I've been spending years. I'm tired because I've been spending years doing it my way. You ever get tired? Anybody not afraid to say, yeah, I'm one of those. I get, I'm just, man, I've been doing this for years. I'm just I'm tired. But I've got to humble myself. And say, God, okay, take, take, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> I'm tired of driving and directing my own life. I need you. All right, we're almost done. James 4.10. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will lift you up. The temptation as a believer is to put ourselves and move ourselves and push ourselves in positions either before it's time or places that God doesn't want us. But when we say, you know what, God, I'm surrendering to everything that you have for me. Place me where you want me to be. Connect me with who you want me to connect with. Give me the right friends. Give me the right spouse. Give me the right anything. When you say, God, I'm depending on you to do that, you know what you're saying? You're, Lord, I humble myself. And he's saying, you know, okay, now I can trust you and I'll exalt you, say this with me, at the right time. How many could look back at their lives and say, if I had gotten this before God gave it to me, I'd have made a mess of it. Things I was praying for, good things, but they're not God things because it wasn't time yet. And so one of the most humbling things is for, for even in our human relationships, it, you do, we do this with our kids all the time. Daddy, mommy, can I have this? Not right now. Because you know if you give them something that was meant for a 12-year-old and they're five, they'll hurt themselves. And sometimes they'll do damage to themselves. And God cares about us so much. He says, you know what? I'll give you the desires of your heart, but I'll give them to you in line with my will and my timing. And when we can 
it actually takes the pressure off. How many of you, you could use less pressure in your life? The pressure off to say, you know what? I don't have to have this right now just to make people think I'm important or to make people think I'm this or I'm that. You know what? But in your time, if God wants to give it to you in his time, there's nothing that the enemy can do to stop it. Don't you hate when preachers say, I'm almost done? I really am almost done. I'm on my third closing. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Humility reminds us to do what we can do, but also to allow God to do what only he can do. That is the biggest thing that will release pressure that we put on ourselves, that realize that in every situation, whether as a church family, as a a family, a husband and wife, friendships, a job, anything, when I go on a job, I'm of my ability, I'm going to do what he's put in my hands to do, but I'm not going to put myself under the pressure of doing only what he can do. God says, you know, okay, now that you know your place, I'll put my hand on this. How many of you right now, if you were honest, you say, you know what, there's some things in my life that I know only God can do. I know only God can work them out. Some of us, if you're like me, even in my own prayer life, by myself, it's hard to get past the pride of saying, God, I cannot work this out. I can't figure this out. And so I I say silly things to God. I don't advise you to do it, but I say silly things to God. God, I need you to talk to me like I'm stupid. (laughs) Don't get offended. I'm just telling you, this is how I talk to God. God, treat me like I don't know anything. I need you to paint this picture in crayon clearly so I can understand what you need me to do. And you know what? Craziest thing is when I talk to him like that, he shows up and he starts to give direction. But I, I, I have to express to him, I'm not God in my own life. I don't know what to do. Some of you will leave today free because you're going to say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to stop playing God in my own life. I'm going to stop trying to manipulate situations. I don't know who I'm talking to. Trying to manipulate situations to work out for my own good. I'm just going to release it and say, God, you do what you want. I know you've got my best in line. This is one of the healthiest habits you can, can ever develop. Is to say, you know what? It's all yours. You ever try to fix something and make more of a mess? And every time you get your hands in it, it just gets worse. This, we just getting real. I'm just, I told you I'm talking from experience. You're like, okay, I'm going to do this. And you just keep, keep. And then by the time, you know what? God just, I believe, is a loving father. He said, okay, when you're ready. <laughs> just, just, like, just like parents. Just like those friends. You know what? When you're ready, you'll come to me. And so finally, you're like, you know what? <laughs> Here, God, they're yours. <laughs> this crazy husband of mine is yours. <laughs> This crazy wife. Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> She's not crazy, at least. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. But you, you just, you, you realize, do you feel what I'm saying to you? That spiritually, I lift my hands for two reasons. I'm saying, God, I surrender. It's all yours. God, I receive whatever you have for me. The posture 
of humility. First Peter 5, 5 and 7. You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders. And all of you, clothe yourselves with what? Humility towards one another. So not only do I have to be humble towards God, I need to be humble towards my brother and my sister and others. Why? Because pride has killed more relationships than your mistakes ever will. Pride kills relationships. Because pride says, I want to hammer this part home. Pride says, I don't care what's going on. I've got to be right, and I've got to have my way. It's a killer. Because you can know, and we've all been there. I don't say this as a gentleman, but you can know on the inside. You know what? I should just yield. I should just forgive. I should just say I'm sorry, but pride will keep your mouth clean and put a wall in a relationship that you can't get over. Whereas a mistake, you know what? I blew it. Look, you know I made a mistake. I know I made a mistake. There's no sense in hiding it, right? I'm not saying we flaunt it, but you know, I messed up. There's no excuse for it. There's no addendum attached to this apology. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And we can see so many friendships and relationships restored when we say, you know what? I'm giving up my pride. And I'm clothing myself with humility towards my brother. But here's the bigger reason. For God is what? Opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to who? The humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. The last part, and this is going to be a good part for us to go into prayer, but the last part of this in pride and humility is pride says, you know what, all of my cares, all of my worries, all of my anxieties, all of my perceived fears, um, my fear of being embarrassed, my fear of being ashamed, my fear of, of not making it, my fear of not being successful. God, I'm taking all of that and I'm casting it on you. My fear of not recovering from this sickness, my fear of not being able to meet my needs, my fear, whatever it is, my anxiety, the things that are weighing me down. God, you know what? I'm taking it all and I'm casting. You know what that word casting means? I'm throwing it on you. The God of the universe, the God of creation says, I love you so much. Everything that's on your heart, everything that's on your mind, everything that you're carrying, take it, throw it on me. Because I care about you. God's timing is always perfect, even if it seems inconvenient for us. And this last point, I'd like you to just stand and pray with me on this one. And we'll turn it over to your worship team and your pastor. If everyone would, you just bow your head. and I'm not offended if you're that one that still peeks around when we, we bow. It's all right. <laughs> but 
If you would just say this, and then we're going to pray. If you'd be honest and say that this, I came in today and there's some things that have been weighing me down that I've been holding on to, trying to figure out and maybe some things I need to release. If that's you, just slip your hand up quickly. So I don't want to, amen, all over. Here's what I want to tell you. Humility teaches us to stop holding tightly to the things that we're called to release. And here's the temptation before I pray. The temptation is going to be to give it to God, walk out the door, and take it back again. But I want to challenge you as I pray this prayer to let it go. Whatever it is, you may be holding it, it may be a grudge, it may be you're trying to fix that you know you can't. I want to encourage you to just release it as we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone assembled in this room. I include myself in that prayer because all of us have a bend as humans towards working it out ourselves, towards figuring out ourselves, towards holding on to things that are killing us because we hold on to them. And it's nothing but pride and self-sufficiency that keeps us doing that. But give us such a revelation of your love today, a revelation of your care and your kindness towards us. Give us such a revelation of your desire to see our good and to see our well-being. Let us experience and, and sense that so much that by faith we're willing to release what we've been holding on to. I pray over those who've been struggling with sicknesses, Lord, that you would move in their lives, that you would heal their bodies, that they would receive favorable doctor reports. Lord, those who are struggling, trying to figure out provision and needs, that you'd meet, you, meet their needs according to your riches and glory and by your will. Lord, those who are struggling with relationally, Lord, that you would remove the walls of pride and allow them to reach the place that they can say, I forgive and I'm sorry and I can move on. We thank you for your grace your mercy, your kindness, and your love. Keep us full of your spirit. Order our steps and direct us. And let us walk out today knowing that with everything that we've laid before you, every unspoken prayer request, everything that we're praying that we can't tell people, Lord, that we trust you with all of our hearts. We release ourselves from leaning on our own understanding. In all of our ways, we acknowledge you, trusting you to direct our paths. And as we've offered this prayer to you, we declare that we know that you are able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask, think, or imagine. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.